You're listening to a podcast appearing on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. The sound of the voice on the other end of a 911 call is almost always delivered frantically. The needs of the caller on the other end of a 911 call are ones that need to be met immediately. The services sent to a caller during a 911 call are always delivered efficiently. The stories, perspectives, and details created by these calls over more than 20 years are life lessons and legacies for everyone involved, including me. The records are archived for all time, like this podcast, digitally. I am a 911 dispatcher. My name is Lisa. This is Digitally Dispatched. Can you imagine if everyone in the country had your phone number and the only time they called you was on the worst day of their life? This is my reality. Strangers call me every day, all day. They call because they need something. Some people say this is a one-way relationship. I don't always agree with that. It's time for a perspective review of Emergency Call, Season 1, Episode 2. I'm Lisa Moore, a real-life 911 police dispatcher and your host. And I'm Mike Wilkerson, the pop culture, TV, movie, streaming, media review guy. (laughs) And this is our review of Season 1, Episode 2 of Emergency Call. Welcome, everyone. Hey, everyone. I really enjoyed watching this episode. We're going to just jump right into the show. Giant warning. We are going to be spoiling everything inside of this program during each of these episode reviews. I'm going to hold nothing back. We're going to tell you how it is, what we thought, and what happened. The bottom line is, watch it first, then use this show as the companion for your entertainment value of Emergency Call on ABC and Hulu Stream. Like I did last time, I broke it down into the city so that we can just talk about what happened in each one. Yeah, good call. You are being digitally dispatched. Call number one. This caller, Mike, called in. She was on the highway, and Mm -hmm. I was glad that they showed a map because they said it was on the I-10. I don't know where the I-10 is, but it goes across a big body of water. Well, across a big body of water, but it's also one of, I'm assuming, one of their huge artery highways down there. And I, I too, am very appreciative of the map. The only thing when they bring up maps like this that I kind of take as a negative is that this is what everybody thinks all of your call centers, including the one that you work at, look like. True. And And, and while there's a lot that you see where the computer systems and the keyboards, yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I can see all that. But this moving dot and this blinking red pointer thing. Right. That's not a part of the equation. And so, I, I again, I'm appreciative of the story that they tell here. Just some of the elements, I wish I wish there was a better way to be able to showcase that. There's just not. I agree. And I wish that we had that in our, in yeah, our, in our dispatch centers. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know some of the larger dispatch centers, say Los Angeles, New York, they do have giant maps where they have GPSs so they know where their officers are. Mm-hmm. We do not. And right. I don't even know if St. Louis or St. Louis County do, but... Maybe I'll find out one day. I, I, Go take a I would have to wonder if that's just a budget call. Yeah, or if, it could be. If, how that, you know, who chooses who gets the, the kick-assery or not. I'd really <laughs> like to know that. Exactly. So back to the I-10. We had a, a young lady that called in because she got into a rear-end accident. She mm-hmm. got hit in, in the back. Mm-hmm. The person who hit her just left the scene. Right. Very she, common. 
Right. Sadly common. Sadly common. Well, like we, we talked on a couple of podcasts ago, distracted driving. Mm-hmm. Rear, <laughs> I'm sure that if we were to look at the numbers of how many cars are rear-ended nowadays, it's just skyrocketed. Horrifying. Since everybody's got a smartphone. Mm-hmm. Well, and she said she had injuries, but I think they were pretty minor, although her airbags did deploy. So it could have been a lot worse than she even knew. It, it's probably a lot worse. Airbags, mm-hmm. being hit from behind and airbags deploying is usually a, a reasonably good thunk. Good hit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We're listening to the dispatcher take the call and she's doing a great job. She's getting all the information, but the woman's kind of freaking out and she starts to scream. And I mean scream. I thought we were going to lose her mm-hmm. whenever the screaming happened. Mm-hmm. But come to find out, she got hit again right. by a second vehicle. Yeah. Uh, again, I think it's all too common. Yeah. The the concept of rubbernecking and not paying attention when there is an accident to Absolutely. what is around, going on around you mm-hmm. is a, a huge problem. And Absolutely. It, it, it has always been a problem. Mm-hmm. The, the concept of rubbernecking and not being able to pay attention to what you're doing while you're passing an accident Correct. is a, a giant roadway <laughs> hazard. And then you have the ones that are rubbernecking, but they slow so fast down so much that they're going to be the next ones that we're ended because the next person's coming up on them. Right. When you add on weather, when you add on just, again, it's a highway. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that you're not supposed to stop on the highway. And it's because it's incredibly dangerous. Well, and these that go over large bodies of water, I know they've got them in Florida too. There's some of them have nowhere to pull over. Right. What are you supposed to do? Right. And we don't know if she was partially blocking the roadway at all whenever she got hit by the first car. We don't even know if her car was disabled, that she Mm -hmm. wasn't able to move Mm -hmm. it. She does start to freak out even more and she starts to have an asthma attack. Mm-hmm. We find out through that that there's a second person on scene with her that was able to get this pump that she needed in order to help her breathe. But can you even imagine being on a, a major artery like that, trying to get out of the vehicle mm-hmm. to get to the back of the vehicle, Vehicle, the other party said, mm-hmm. to get that pump for her? I can't even imagine. Well, see, I can. Can you? Uh, well, yeah, I can. And it's because I'm one of the people that prepares for things like this. Ah. My vehicle right now is like the highest tech vehicle there is. <laughs> <laughs> there's cameras in everywhere. There's one inside. There's one pointing forward. There's one pointing backward. The, the trunk of my car is huge and we don't put a whole lot into it. Mm-hmm. But what is in it is the functionality of everything that I might need for something like this. Okay. Now, granted, I don't have something for somebody who's having an asthma attack. Right. But I do have a full med kit and it's an expensive one and it's intentional. Oh, yeah. So that when something goes sideways, if I need something, I have it. I have That's it in the back of my car. Not a bad idea. More people should do that. I should myself. Yeah. A place to put your firearm when and or if you're going to go into a place and choose to not carry it with you. Mm-hmm. Having a place to lock up your firearm inside your car that's not incredibly visible. Right. That is also secure so mm-hmm. that it's locked down either with a cord or however it's going to be done. That should also be something inside your vehicle. And it's something that a lot of people just don't put a lot of thought to Mm-mm. beyond making sure your drink and your car <laughs> keys and purse are inside of your car. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't extend beyond nah, maybe the, really. the, the, the three feet around you inside of a car. Mm-hmm. And it's never been more important than to do that every single time you get in the car. I agree. I agree, and I should do. I should be better about it. I've been meaning to get a everybody should a first aid kit for my car too because I drive. I drive so much. Mm-hmm. I want to expand on the on the first aid kit too. Yeah. When I, when I tell somebody to get a first aid kit for their vehicle, <laughs> what I want all of you to think of is I want you to think of walking down the target aisle, mm-hmm. and hey, look, uh, a twelve dollar first aid kit. That's not what I'm referring to. No. 
the first aid kit that I'm talking about is probably going to run you between $35 and $85. Yep. And before all of your heads blow off the top of your wallet, <laughs> you have to remember what's inside of there. And it's uh, most of the time kits that are going to be that expensive are going to include things that are going to help stop lots of bleeding. Mm-hmm. And it's also another skill set that you really do have to take time to learn something about. It's not something you can just throw in the back of your car and go, okay, I'm covered. Mm-hmm. And again, it's another piece and step of being prepared inside of something like an automobile <laughs> that far too many people don't do. And I, I just, I urge so many people to do it because mm-hmm. look at this lady mm-hmm. and look at the lady that finds her. Right. And they don't have anything ready no. here at all. No, and she has to get out on a busy highway to get to the back of this woman's vehicle to get the pump for her. But right. the fortunate thing was that, that she was able to do that. And yes. both of the subjects survived, Yes, which is good. One of the things the dispatcher said that, that really hit home is she was present in the moment and with the caller because when you've got so much going on and, and this woman is scared, obviously, for her life and you can hear the cars passing by mm-hmm. her. In the episode, you see the dispatcher kind of look down and she's listening intently because she wants to hear every single thing that's happening Mm -hmm. around that caller in case the caller doesn't pick up on Mm -hmm. it. But you have to be present with them so that they know that you're you're in it with them, literally with them. Mm -hmm. And you're going to make sure that that helps on the way and you can update her. Mm -hmm. My officers are are getting closer. We can even ask our officers for an ETA when they're on the way. Say about how long do you have? She just got hit a second time and give them real time what's going on so that they don't feel like they're just left out there just hanging. And that's one thing I hate more than anything when I'm listening to dispatchers taking calls is the long silent gaps. Mm -hmm. Even 10 seconds is long time. Mm -hmm. If you just stop talking for 10 seconds, it's forever, Mm -hmm. you know, especially when you're, you're in a, in a crazy situation. Mm -hmm. So in my practice is, is that I try to make sure that they know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You know, if I have to be quiet for a second, it's because I'm going to jump on the radio real quick and tell my officers what you just told me. Stay here with me. I'm not going anywhere. I make sure that they know. And again, there's real time. She knows I just told them what she just told me. Being in the moment at the time with the caller is priceless. Call number two. Ogden, Utah. This first call, it, it made me laugh a little bit, only because it started off with, my son's cell phone exploded. And I've heard of cell phones catching on fire, but I've never, I guess, listened to a phone call where it comes in. And it's a, the, the mother of the son who is calling it in, and she says that it burned her floor. And they asked, is it still on fire? No, it's not on fire anymore, but it burned my floor. We gather from the call that Jason is an adult living with his mother. I gathered probably mom needs extra care. And that's why Jason's probably there taking care of her, possibly early stages of dementia. I don't know. But she's very concerned with this phone catching on fire. Yeah. Well, it's a concept of technology and an older generation observing something that goes on right? and seeing a cell phone, quote, explode. I can totally understand where she's coming from, where look at the newfangled technology and why is it burning things? And the right. answer is that it exploded. And now I have a so big burn it. on my floor. Right, right. You know, fortunately, nobody was injured and the fire was out. The fire department was able to go and mm-hmm. the mom constantly screaming, Jason in the background. She's like, Jason, you're not listening to me. And you hear Jason's frustration, but again, everything turned out good. Yeah. And again, to get back to the self-awareness thing, and I don't want to sound like the 
prepared Nancy cup. man. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things also to have inside of your house is a fire extinguisher. Absolutely. Uh, but a fire extinguisher that one is not the $8 fire extinguisher from Home Depot slash Lowe's. <laughs> it's the next step up. Traditionally, right. it's going to be between a 12 and $30 extinguisher. Mm-hmm. And usually what happens is as you get it more expensive, the range of things that will help combat gets oh, larger. True. Very true. Uh, if you are going to buy one, just make sure that whatever you're buying and where you're putting it, whatever you're buying in regard to fire extinguisher is actually in a room that something likely is to go wrong in. Like right. kitchen. What, your kitchen. Mm-hmm. What goes on inside of your kitchen is something completely different than what happened in, say, the garage. Right. And so while there are fire extinguishers you can buy that will work in both, mm-hmm. just know that very likely you're going to end up buying two different fire extinguishers mm-hmm. and one of them might not be the same price. In fact, it might be even be more expensive. Right. And you want to make sure you put the right fire extinguisher mm-hmm. in the right spot. Right. And believe it or not, it's just like smoke detectors where oh, you sure. can't just put one up and it's done there for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's not. They also get old, mm-hmm. in particular if you don't use them or if they're stored in a place where the temperature goes up and down regularly. Well, you true. want to always check when they need to be updated, but mm-hmm. then... When it's time to replace them, go and test using the one that you have. Right. Because that's what a lot of people don't realize either about fire extinguishers is like, what actually happens when you pull the pin and you squeeze things? Because (laughs) everybody stop what you're doing. Raise your hand if you've ever deployed a fire extinguisher. Looking around the virtual room here, I don't see anybody's <laughs> hand up. I have never done it. Right. So it's not that you must be a fireman to use the fire extinguisher, because no. that's not what they're made for. Mm-mm. But you need to know what happens, and the only way to do that is to try it. Call number three. We're still in Ogden, Utah, mm-hmm. and this time we get a 22-year-old female who calls in, and it's really hard to understand. And even the dispatcher said... You have a. She said she had something in her throat. That's why she we couldn't understand her, obviously. And the dispatcher thought initially she said she had a nacho in her throat. Mike, it wasn't a nacho. She had a spatula stuck in her throat. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> I can't. I, I just at one. I don't know why you would have a spatula that far back in your mouth. But no, maybe you know it's the whole licking the spoon thing, and you got too <laughs> excited about it. I don't know. Quite possibly. But unknown if it was intentional or not, I seriously doubt that. But she was obviously choking and trying to stay calm. And it was great that the dispatcher was trying to keep her calm. You know, I would have told her probably to breathe through her nose really slow because the more excited you get, the more things tense up. And that's the last thing you want her throat to do. And we were talking before the show about what kind of spatula could it have been. And in my mind's eye, I think it was one of those rubber-topped ones. Yeah, where Mike, on the other hand, is thinking of, like, you know the one that you flip the, the quarter-pound burger with? That's the one I'm thinking she's got stuck in her face. Yeah, and that's I, obviously not the case. I doubt that. They were able to get her help quickly, and they kept her calm, and they were able to remove the spatula. And I thought it was great that the dispatcher took it upon herself to call and, and just double-check, because as a dispatcher... So often we never hear the end of the story. And she's like, I have got to know what happened. And then you hear her side of the story go, the whole spatula? Not just a piece. And they're like, no, it was a whole thing. And Yeah, and you can hear the you can hear the 
the the fire responder. <laughs> you you can hear the the tentative <laughs> giggle in his voice where he's trying to not laugh at the right. lady, but he he's it, it was incredibly entertaining. What I also did like also was they have a a bookend. Yes, because you're absolutely right. Very mm-hmm. often inside of shows like this, what you get is oh my god, it's on fire, and on to the next call. Exactly. And, so and that's we, our life. We actually yeah. got the bookend on this one. Yeah, and that was nice. I really like that. Call number four. I'm going to preface call number four with in between, well, right before they, they gave us this call, they did a personal story about Justin and Shiloh in Ogden and that they actually dispatched together. They've been married for seven and a half years mm-hmm. and have a little girl together. Right. I found it crazy that they actually dispatched together too. I did too. And I've been fortunate enough to never have a job where I've worked with either a girlfriend or a spouse. Mm-hmm. But uh, having been an interpreter and my wife being a deaf woman, I have <laughs> known that I will not be interpreting for her because of course I'm completely unobjective. I, I'm not the guy right. that especially say it were some sort of medical emergency thing. Mm-hmm. As much as I'd like to think I can keep my cool, the answer is that I shouldn't have to keep my cool because I should not be interpreting in that position. Right. Uh, th- this was very strange and, and a really interesting dynamic. Uh-huh. Obviously, I'm going to guess they probably met on the job. Probably. Probably. They and didn't say that. I, I would also wonder what the department thinks mm-hmm. about something like this. Now, th- that they're not police officers together. Right. I think I can see them working together. Mm hmm. I can also see that that's going to impact the relationship that they have while they're on the floor together. Sure. But I would also, uh, it's strange. It is strange. This is definitely strange. I know most of the time the dynamic is a dispatcher who dates or marries a police officer. Right. And they don't want that dynamic to happen because you become obviously very emotional if anything Mm -hmm. were to happen. Correct. And so most departments don't allow that to happen. Right. And and before anybody thinks that that's a whole, well, the woman is more emotional. It's not. It's it's your objectivity completely goes out the window when you have to levy that relationship. And that's, it's something real. Mm -hmm. I've been dealing with that most of my adult life where somebody says, well, why don't you just interpret for your wife? And the answer is, well, I can. And if I have to, then I will. Right. But she should have an interpreter for that one is not me. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And it's true. And the situation, like you said, it, it's not, it's an emotional thing. It's not a gender thing. Correct. You know, and so the fact that they work in the same dispatch center is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have it where I work because don't, they just don't allow it. You know, so if, if I were to... Operating practices, whatever. <laughs> right. Right, yeah. If I were to to start dating someone I worked with, then one or the two of us would have to find another position somewhere Correct. else. And I so, think that that's probably more common. Right. That's why I was super curious as to why this happens, because mm-hmm. I would think that at best, they would have to go on opposing shifts. Right. And, and the call that we're something. about to talk about... They were working together and we saw them at home with their little girl and Mm -hmm. everything. And I liked having a little bit of the background story so we can see where they come from and and that they do have a little girl. Mm -hmm. It makes it more emotional, I guess. Impactful. There you go. Yeah. When we talked about this call and the call goes like this. They receive a call from a, a man who is bonkers bonkers obviously hysterical his Absolutely little girl is yeah. lost and mm-hmm. she's about two years old one missing i, I think oh, it, missing right. yeah the, the the way i don't know where she is mm-hmm. was were some of the first things and his 
it, it was like, imagine trying to tell somebody that you don't know where, you don't know where your automatic vacuum is. Right. Because the front end of the call is very much like that. Right. And it, I don't know it, how she could have gotten out. Right. I don't, it's I've had four strange. children and, yeah, and it's very strange. this has never happened before mm-hmm. and she's missing. He can't find her. He's so frazzled that the dispatcher's doing a great job. He trying to get the information, the address, if anyone listens to my podcast, which I'm sure all of you do. Location, location, location Mm -hmm. is the number one thing we need to know. So that way, at the very least, we have police officers headed your way. Right. And he was in a new home, in a new city. He didn't know his address. Off the top of his head, he's so hysterical with trying to figure out what happened to his little girl that he can't calm himself down enough to give an address. She gives a very good idea. Look at a piece of mail. See if you can find a piece of mail that has your address on it. I've used that in the past as well when people are confused or or upset. I find that interesting. I, I just, I guess I have a different emergency brain. Yeah. Because I, I would think that the path to get what you need and help mm-hmm. is going to be based on getting the getting words, to you. my address out of my mouth. I, yep. I don't know. And people shut down and their brains aren't working. And I've had it happen more than once. Mm. And he's obviously upset. He's crying. He's screaming. And he goes in and out of being overly hysterical to somewhat calm and talking. And then he gets hysterical again. Mm-hmm. Every time she asks him what he should, what the little girl is wearing, he can't tell her. And he has no one to call to like his wife. Honey, what was she wearing? Cause the wife's out looking for her. They've been looking around the house. 45 minutes, I think. Yeah. For, for a very long time. Mm-hmm. It felt like, and he claims they looked everywhere they could in the house for this child. I know I have asked people in the past, have you looked in all the cupboards? Because kids like to play hide and seek. Look in all the closets. Look everywhere you can possibly conceive a two-year-old to fit. Look there. And he's claiming, yeah, we've looked everywhere. We've looked everywhere. He kept asking for her to send the dogs. got to say, that's one of my pet peeves. When a caller tells me how to do my job, make sure you send the cops. Make sure you send the, the, the dogs to me. You know, and not that I'm not really slighting him for doing that. Of course, we're going to send the canines out. Of course, we're going to send every resource we can. Yeah. It's a two-year-old that's gone for 45 minutes. Right. Now, I, I think a piece of this, too, is the perspective. We the, These these episodes are called perspective reviews. Mm-hmm. And it's one, obviously, because you're sharing your perspective as an operator. Right. But what we're also garnering from doing these episodes is the perspective of a caller. Mm-hmm. And inside of this particular call, the caller thinks that the maximum of force that can be brought by the law enforcement departments is a dog. Mm-hmm. Because the dog can quickly go sniff out the child by sniffing a blanket or whatever of the child yeah, because yeah. he's probably seen it on television or movies. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And so it will instantly work. Okay, well, <laughs> not always. Right, not always. Especially inside the same house, just because you'd have, let's say it is a blanket, and you, mm-hmm. so you have the canine sniff the blanket, well, the whole house smells like the child. Right. It's a, it's a piece of the mechanism where it's it's a it's in it's in the running of the river, right? But it's not inside of the kayak that right. you need right now. Exactly. Yeah, we're listening to him get very excited and everything about about where the the kid could be, and you could hear him. He doesn't say it specifically, but you know, just by the way he's talking, he's running every scenario in his head, like I think any parent would about what could have happened instead of what's going on right now. You know, well, what about this? What about this? And then officers get on scene. He he does finally tell the dispatcher what the child is wearing. He's talking to somebody else that's in the room with him. We don't know if that's his wife or or uh, 
another one of his kids, but they they figure out what her clothing description was. Mm-hmm. The dispatcher has all that. Again, he says, I'm afraid she's somewhere where she can't breathe. That's one of those scenarios that, that he's coming up with in his head. And he said, someone could have taken her. I guess... I don't know. I, yeah. I, I think it, it's it's where the mind reels. And I, I have to be honest, I only have one kid and she's now 17. Mm-hmm. And we never had anything like this. We don't have a huge house, mm-hmm. but we have a house where if there was a place she could have gotten into, she could have gotten into there. And if she, I don't know, fell asleep and sure. didn't hear us calling her, mm-hmm. maybe it would have happened, but it never did happen. Right. Fortunately. I, I try to put myself inside this guy's position and I, I just... As a dad. Yeah. And I get it. I understand it. And I understand the concern. Mm-hmm. I also understand the swirling negative thoughts that could instantly start taking over. Right. Right. And it was also where I, I don't know what the protocols are inside of your department, but somewhere you guys got to start applying the brakes to, to this guy's mind reeling. Cause it's not going to help right. him. Right. And, right. And I do. I, I absolutely do. And I try and keep him in the moment. Like we were talking earlier, be in the moment with the, the person. Yeah. You know, I understand exactly why you're thinking the way you're thinking, mm-hmm. but let's focus on yeah. what could be going yeah. on right and, now. And I don't remember hearing any of that mm-hmm. from, from from what the we dispatcher. were getting here. So, mm-hmm. no. And that was odd. It, it, it's not a piece of the commonsensical de-escalation that I'm so used to law enforcement across every single division right. doing. Right. So it was very strange that it wasn't impacted here. Right. And I mean, she did say a couple of times that that she understood what he was talking about, but you could see and that that's one of the things I was glad that they showed us is that she was feeling the emotion with him because they had just introduced us to her and her husband. Mm -hmm. You see him in the background watching her and how she's doing. I'm guessing there were no other phone calls coming in because he watched her the entire time and And felt for her. Yes, and I get it. Mm -hmm. And I get what they want to try and show. And I know why they showed the relationship between these two. Correct. This is the jerking around of me that I don't care for, though. Right. Because not only do they ironically have a little girl, Mm -hmm. but you have this incredibly despondent man calling about a missing little girl. And the two of them can look across the paddock here mm. and and feel for each other and have meaningful glances. And right. <sighs> yeah, for me, I, I, I don't. Around. I don't think I would have liked having my significant other no. watching me because that would make me more emotional. Oh, without question, you know? without question. Right, and I thought she handled her emotions well. You know, she kept it under control, but. But then she didn't. And, and exactly. I mean, and then honestly, she didn't. I, I think that's what got me the most. Is, right. And then she didn't. One of the things I know you all pride yourselves on is being able to get the emotions under wraps. Yep. Stay and as soon control. And as, as soon as the call's done, then you go find the quiet room or whatever you guys have put into place. And... <laughs> if you have that luxury. Right. Which she did. She right. had the luxury after the call was over and they found the little girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, we went through, she uh, could have been taken by the delivery person and everything else. And yeah. fortunately that didn't happen. And she, she was, was asleep upstairs in the living room. Is For those of you that don't watch the right. show and aren't going to watch the show, she was sleeping upstairs. Yeah. And, uh, Which I think is pretty common. I've heard this kind of call and situation before, mm-hmm. where regardless of how madly you're screaming for your child, uh, they're sleeping. She's so, sleeping. Sorry. She's out cold. And she's upstairs. And I'm like, I thought you checked the whole house. Right. But he did. We don't know where she was sleeping upstairs. She could have been behind a couch. She could have been in a Giant closet or where she was. Sleeping. Right. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But and then after the call was over, she was able to take a minute 
not all of us have that luxury in dispatching because a lot of us work in smaller agencies right. where we could be alone. And it's time for another call. Or we have another call. Exactly. Right. right. You know, and, and yay for them that they were able to be there for each other. He stayed on the job to take the next call. She was able to walk away for a minute. Thank God the married couple is taking care of the call center in Ogden, Utah. <laughs> Very true. But at least they, they were able to be there for one another and have that personal time. And it hit close to home for them. Now, I will say real quick that there are some calls that I've taken. Obviously, I've taken bazillions of calls in the last 20 years that hit close to home. When that happens, I feel that knot in my, my throat and I swallow it. And we go with you the call. You also don't have a television crew in front of you. That is very true. And again, that's the piece of, I hate that because mm-hmm. it's the it's the entertainment critic in me without question. Right. Was this one of those managed calls and they tried to put on what was going on? Because they weren't right. there when the call came through. You guys know that, right? Right, right, right. Again, the jerking around factor, I think, is what I didn't care for inside of that one. Right. You know, Mike, with emotions running high. Oh, yeah. Let's take a little break mm-hmm. and make sure you come back so we can talk more about what happened in Wasilla, Alaska. We'll be right back. In today's world, time is everything. When editing podcasts, (laughs) you know as well as I do, time flies. But it's not the good kind of time flying. It's the kind of time that eats a hole in your pocket. Reclaim the time you lose when you edit your podcast. Connect with The Editor Core. The Editor Core is a group of seasoned, experienced podcast editors that'll get your editing done and out the door. Use your reclaimed time to make more content. Make your podcast soar with The Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Do you like what you're hearing during the Digitally Dispatched podcast? Let's have a conversation about how you can help us grow. Visit my website at digitallydispatched.com and let's find a way to get your organization, business, or effort to benefit from my focused and engaged audience. Let me help you grow your digital footprint and foster educational content on the internet. Open a channel now at digitallydispatched.com. That's digitallydispatched.com. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Everyone, welcome back to the Perspective Review of Emergency Call, Season 1, Episode 2. I'm Lisa, a 911 police dispatcher, and sitting with me is Mike. Everyone? When we left, motions were running high. And now we're going to go to... Wasilla, Alaska. Where emotions truly run high. Why is that, Lisa? There's a gun. Oh, my. Somebody's got a gun. Dangerous guns. (laughs) Guns aplenty in Wasilla, Alaska. This was... The best and craziest call. Very strange. It was very strange. It came in with, they've got a gun, somebody got shot, there's a head injury, you've got the victim on the phone, and then you end up getting other people on the phone 
I honestly lost myself with what the heck was going on. I lost myself twice. I, I listened to this slash watched this twice. Mm-hmm. I, I still don't too. know what the hell happened. I, I don't understand. I think I've pieced it together. Okay. Well, okay. Bring the brilliance because I'm <laughs> lost. Well, what I, what I gathered after listening twice to it, and I might have rewound a couple of times just to hear a few things, <laughs> is the fact that we had a man who was at a party. Right. He was approached by another man okay. who stated to him, and why he did this, I don't know, but he confessed to the, the caller that he had raped his girlfriend. Oh, my. And with that, our caller gets really upset. So he decides they're going to fight. He pulls out a gun, shoots it in the air. Now, I don't... That's where... The confusion started. That's where the confusion was for me. Is did he shoot it in the air or did he point it at somebody? Because we got conflicting stories. And the fight ensued. Well, the gun was taken from him. Allegedly, his keys and wallet was taken from him. We learned in the beginning that he's bleeding from the head, but we don't know if it's a head injury from the gun going off or what. We find out through the call that he got hit over the head with a rock. Mm -hmm. So that's where the blood's coming from. And anybody's head injury knows. They bleed forever. Mm-hmm. And so he also, from what we find out, was shot in the side as well. And there's possibly a couple of broken ribs, but I think that could have ensued with the kicking and the beating, the fight that went down. Yeah. Now, these other callers who are calling in, this really, really rude young woman calls in and wants us to get help out there. I say us, like I'm in Alaska. Okay, wants them to get help en route, but she doesn't want to stay on the phone. To give any more information. Suspicious? Yes. She's got to be involved. This is my my dispatcher detective going off in my head. So I'm like, hmm, something's not adding up, which is why I rewound a couple of times listening to this rude young woman who doesn't want to stay on the phone with the dispatcher who's just doing her job saying, ma'am, we need to know what happened. What's going on? Where are you located? Where is our victim? How did this happen? What kind of injuries does he have? We want to get everybody there. And she's like, just get the cops here. Okay, well, the cops are on the way, but can you pull over so a state trooper can talk to you? She says, no, really emphatically. And she was very indignant the entire time. And she's like, I'm not going to stay on the phone with you. You know what's really strange, though? And crash my car. Yeah. Well, (laughs) one, maybe not strange, especially in today's current defund the police environment Mm -hmm. and again not to drag this into politics but the 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 concept of not wanting to cooperate with the police right not telling the police information Mm -hmm. and not helping the people that help the police i.e you Mm -hmm. is sadly incredibly common it is and and so I, i that's how i took this i didn't I didn't instantly go to, oh, and so she's involved. I oh, didn't yeah. go that far. But I, I did go to where I, there is a, a sadly oh. very common, Disconnect. I will not be helping the police today. Yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And I feel that on occasion, too. Now, in this call and just listening to her, mm-hmm. the way she was talking and the way she was very indignant about not wanting to help, mm-hmm. I totally, like I said, I went to somehow she's involved. Because she wants to get help there because she doesn't want to be charged with murder later. She just wants She's to be charged with assault. She's bleeding profusely and doesn't want him to die, period. Right. Yeah. She's wanting to get help there, but she doesn't want to tell you anything mm-hmm. else. Because she doesn't want her name to be given, probably. Right. She mm-hmm. The phone she's calling from, not her own phone. Mm-hmm. Guess whose it was? The victims. Mm-hmm. She was part of the the fight that happened and she's a part of the people who took his gun, took his wallet, took his phone. And now 
she wants to get help there, but she doesn't want to be involved. So she's going to keep her, herself out of it so she can't be blamed for anything. Right. At the end of the call, when we do get him help and everything, we find out that, indeed, his car was broken into, his gun was stolen, his mm-hmm. phone was stolen, mm-hmm. and it was his phone that she was calling him on. I had it. I was right. I'm being suspicious about that girl. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know for sure who was charged with anything because it doesn't go that far. But when she was so indignant, that's what set me off, mm-hmm. you know, because she she wasn't willing to help. And she kept saying, please get him help. I'm driving. I'm like. It just sounded disingenuous. Right. And in today's world with smartphones, who doesn't talk on the phone when they're driving? Ever. Mm-hmm. We all do. And she no, sounded... I'm particularly when a dude is bleeding to death or bleeding or hurt or <laughs> right. damaged or whatever we're going to call it. And she in. sounded like a 20-something. Right. No offense to most 20-somethings, but you're on the phone all the time. Yeah. All the time. Uh, something else, too. And again, not to get into Mr. I am prepping, but obviously his gun was not locked away in his vehicle. <laughs> well, no, he had it out. He shot it up in the air ah. to, as a warning okay. shot because yeah, well, he was going to... For those of you that are curious, if you can just fire a shot into the air... The answer is no, you cannot. No. There is no municipality where you can just shoot rounds into the air and not expect any consequences, whether it's gravity or just it's illegal <laughs> to just fire rounds into the air, because right. it is. Well, I don't I don't know a municipality where you can just, hey, how's it going? Kapow! 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 No, Mike, Alaska's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they could. We talk about the girlfriend having possibly been a victim. And then we find out towards the end of the call that she's there on scene with him. Mm-hmm. She's sitting in the car crying. Well, why isn't she out there holding something onto his wounds to keep him from bleeding out? I don't know. It it all was just a crazy, crazy call. Last call. We're still in Alaska. This next call is about a stolen vehicle. Mm-hmm. A girl calls in, obviously just very upset that her car had just been stolen and i believe she said it was kind of a newer car for Mm -hmm. her Mm -hmm. it's gone it's a white suburban they give it out and this was great police work because it just was like the perfect storm call comes in uh dispatcher gets it puts it in gives it out cops are behind the car yay that's awesome a pursuit ensues (laughs) and we get to listen to this pursuit and i loved it because you don't often get to hear pursuits where you hear the cops and the dispatchers together Mm -hmm. and most of my fellow dispatchers what we get to do when there's a pursuit we play the parrot we just echo back what the officer's saying so he knows we know where he is Mm -hmm. they're on their way they're behind him they're deploying the spike strips missed them and that's exactly the the emotion in the room whenever yeah. you do that. And you it's, hear it. it's the Aww. whole concept of that scene from Star Wars where they get to the trench and they're traveling down the trench and they fire off the, the laser fire. And it's just a pecking on the surface. <laughs> it's, it didn't go in. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Yep. I thought this was really great. And they keep pursuing. They keep pursuing another set of spike strips. Missed it. Missed it again. Ah! Right, right. But the third one. Three's a charm. Mm-hmm. Third one's always a charm. And they got it, and two two tires on the right side were flattened, which is good. They're not going to go too much further. They went from, what, 110 miles an hour down to, like, 60, mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So they and then can, it's just a matter of time until the tires exactly. will actually fall off your riding rims. And, and we're going to go happens. in Alaska, but into a field. Not just <laughs> any field, Mike. It's going to be next to the muskox farm. Oh, my. 
<laughs> Do you know what a muskox is, or did you have o- to look it up only too? Only because I Googled. <laughs> <laughs> and man, Crazy. those are some ugly animals. I understand why they want to keep them cooped up. They are not pretty. No. They are not pretty. The guy, of course, bails out of the vehicle because they always do at the end of a pursuit, and he takes off. I don't know. I don't think we find out at the end of that if they ever got him. I know the dispatcher did say, it's okay, we'll get him. He will elude again. (laughs) I thought that was a great, great thing. I thought maybe the muskox might go and get them. Yeah, but no. And how great was it that they called the neighboring farm saying, do you have the phone number to the muskox farm? Because yeah. yeah, I might want to have them put up some fencing because the, the oxen could get out. Yeah, and the, the, the people at the con go, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I'm sorry to wake you up, but... <laughs> exactly. But I thought I found, I found that one incredibly interesting to listen to because we got to hear the whole pursuit. It was a day in a life. I mean, I've done them too. Great call. I'm still enjoying this show. I know... We're only two episodes in, but I'm really digging the vibe and how they're presenting the dispatchers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that they look like me. I like that you get to hear some actual calls going down like that pursuit we mm-hmm. talked about. Mm-hmm. And I like that they show that we're humans and we get emotional over things that hit a little too close to home. Or we get frustrated when they won't tell us what's going on or because they're driving right. and they don't want to crash their car. Mm-hmm. In a single day, I can go through the gamut of anger to sadness to frustration to oh my gosh I can't believe that happened and I'm laughing it's an incredible ride to be on when you're a dispatcher and I like that they're trying to show the different facets of that yeah the facet stuff I, I really dig the jerking around pieces parts mm-hmm. that's what I'm still having issues with on this show mm-hmm. now what I do like is that this helps me understand how incredibly prepared I am in my life <laughs> For things that happen like these things. Uh, What it also does is it gives me a slice of life that the missing child is a a really great sample where I don't anticipate having my now 17 into 18 year old through this next year be missing at any particular time. (laughs) But I know that it's more important to keep your head than to freak out and not be able to function. That and the rest of the learning lessons inside of it. I'm still engaged. Great. If you thought the first episode had some crazy calls, this one had even crazier calls. I'd like to know what you think about this episode or even the first episode. Head over to my website at digitallydispatch.com, fill out the quick web form, and tell me what you think. There's a ton of great calls in this episode Mm -hmm. all over Mm -hmm. the spectrum. Oh, yeah. And now we've gone through all of them. It's time for Mike and I to do our Digitally Dispatched Diamonds. Mm. The Digitally Dispatched Diamonds are where Mike and I find something inside the episode that moves us, that deserves a spotlight. Mike, what have you found as your diamond inside this episode? Lisa, inside this episode, I think my diamond's got to be... Be aware of addresses around you. Oh, yeah. There's nothing more frustrating. And again, I, I realize how commonplace it is to just be driving places. But if you don't know the physical address of where you actually are, there's a couple of tricks. In particular, if you have a smartphone, you can grab your smartphone. In my case, I have an Android smartphone, but I'm certain that there's something reciprocal inside of the iPhone experience. And if you hit the microphone button on the the Google bar that you have and say, where am I? Here's a map of Lake St. Louis, Missouri, 63367. 
And so in a matter of seconds, I now have my exact physical address, at least where my phone is registering, that I can right. give to an operator. Now, if you're on the phone with somebody, i.e. the cell phone, mm -hmm. you may not get the voice, but I'm not kidding, listed in probably 12-point font in the center of the phone is the address that you and I are sitting at along with a map. Correct. If you don't have a smartphone, it gets a little bit more edgy. But being able to describe at least where you are is also something incredibly valuable. So if you're not used to looking around you and describing things to people, right. you really need to get that skill set. Mm -hmm. And it's not because you need to be the mountaineering ranger. It's because you should be able to tell people where you are or what your surroundings look mm -hmm. like in at least medium detail, especially in an emergency. Yeah, or and no. it is a skill set. It's not, it's not, everybody's not great at it. Correct. It's something you absolutely have to develop. And knowing your route what roadways mm -hmm. you're on mm -hmm. and where you came from and you're going to. That helps that, us a lot. Too. Yeah. And that whole thing about knowing the mile marker that you're at, I, I would tell people don't, don't try to bother. Don't look at the side of the road as you're looking for the mile marker to right. determine which mile marker you're at. Start giving like landmarks. exit signs and landmarks. They're way more valuable. In particular, if you're working with law enforcement, that's local, they're going to know all those things because that's what they do. That is very correct. Yeah. Lisa, what have you got for diamonds inside this episode? My diamond inside this episode came from the New Orleans call where the woman was on the bridge mm. and she'd been hit by a car and the mm -hmm. car kept going. Mm -hmm. The reason that stood out for me is because she was in a, in a very scary spot. She was actually on a bridge where there's not always a lot of room to pull over mm -hmm. that goes over a long spans of water. Mm -hmm. And when she got hit... It disabled her car. Mm. So she's on the side of the road and she's trying to get help to her and she gets hit a second time. The fortunate thing, she knew where she was. She could tell the dispatcher what was going on. But for the listener, it just stood out to me because it was such a scary situation for the caller as well as the dispatcher mm -hmm. trying to get help to her. Mm -hmm. Not that the dispatcher didn't know where she was, but the fact that it took minutes probably to get to her it felt like forever but the help got there and the unfortunate thing is she got hit a second time mm -hmm. in waiting for someone to get there now a, a second person pulled up on scene was able to help her because she started going to uh, a panic and trying to keep her calm taking deep breaths and whatnot is is a scary scary thing but she had asthma and mm -hmm. had a breathing thing that wasn't with her so Anything, and we've talked about this within the episode, about having everything you need within reach, mm -hmm. especially if, it's, if you have medical issues, mm -hmm. whether you're a diabetic or you're mm -hmm. asthmatic or whatever, and you need to have your inhalers or your insulin close by. If you get trapped out in the middle of nowhere and you're having yeah. an issue, mm -hmm. you may not be able to get into the back part of your vehicle to get it like yeah, she couldn't. And it's funny that you mentioned diabetic, too. A lot of people are under the impression that insulin functions like an elixir that helps you instantly feel better, not when always. in reality, it doesn't. Right. <laughs> the, oh my God, I need my shot to feel better. It almost is never that way. It's usually the other way. Right. Where if your blood sugar dives, you need something to raise your blood sugar. To pop it up. Sure. And there are either, there are shots for that, but then there's also just eating tablets. fruit and tablets and Foods juice, and things that have be uh, prepared potent pieces of sugar and glucose that will get into your system quick. Right. And so uh, again, it's about being educated about not only your medical condition, but your friend's medical condition. As much as we want to live in a world of confidentiality, mm -hmm. if there's something that's going to impact you, in particular on a long road trip like what was going on here, yes, it's super critical, especially in the time of an accident, to know at least something 
right. of what's going on. It doesn't mean you have to admit everything that's going inside of your own medical cone. Right. But it does mean you've got to admit something. Right. And she had no idea, traveling across that mm-hmm. bridge, that she was going to get hit by another car. Right. But it happened. Right. And had she been better prepared, she probably would have, well, she would have had more help more quickly yeah. than having to have a, somebody stop alongside the road and, and help her. Again, it's about being prepared. There's no, exactly. there's no question. Lease incredibly well presented. It's time to rate this episode yeah. of Emergency Call. Let's rate this one. On ABC and Hulu Streaming, Season 1, Episode 2, the scale <laughs> works thusly. 10 is on top of the heap. A very small spatula in the throat. <laughs> a 1 is at the bottom of the heap. Having one of those air fryers stuck in your throat. <laughs> Everything starts at a seven as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Lisa, there are no halvesies. I know. What do you got? This one I'm going to go, you won't let me do halfsies, but I'm going to go with a seven. Only because of that, like you said, that that jerking around of the, the emotional roller coaster we were on in the middle. I'm glad they showed the humanity, but it, I'm not so sure how real it was. I still liked it. How about you? Seven's a good number for this one. I, seven would be an average, and again, I've got to chalk down for the jerk around factor mm-hmm. inside of this one. I think for this episode, I've got to give it a six. A six. That's where we ask you guys, what did you rate this episode, season one, episode two of Emergency Call on ABC and Hulu streaming? Let us know what you think by going over to Lisa's website. That's digitallydispatch.com. Fill out that quick web form and tell us what you rated this episode. Oh, my Hulu notification tells me that there's another episode of Emergency Call to watch. Oh! Mike and I are off to watch the next episode, and we'll have that review over at digitallydispatch.com soon. Until next time, I'm Lisa Moore, your host, and you have been Digitally Dispatched. The calls, stories, and legacies I share are dispatched digitally. The lessons learned by all, the callers, you, especially me, are a piece of my life's unfolding story that I'm proud to share and are preserved digitally. Your thoughts, ideas, and comments can be sent to me electronically at my website, digitallydispatched.com. I am a 911 dispatcher. My name is Lisa, and you have been digitally dispatched. <laughs>